In your Bibles tonight, 2 Samuel chapter number 18. 2 Samuel chapter number 18, we're working our way through this Old Testament book, and I love these stories, and I love the message of this book, and I'm thankful that we get the opportunity to, to look through them and study them and see them together. Tonight we'll cover, and the night's message title is called The Fall of Absalom. If you remember, David has been the rightful king of all of the nation of Israel for several years now, and his son Absalom, who uh, is a very beautiful person, Do you, I don't know if you remember the descriptions of Absalom, evidently he had some kind of head of hair, and he would cut his hair once a year, and they, the Bible gives the weight of his hair, I can't remember all the details, the weight of his hair, oh, to have hair again, uh, I'm just kidding, I don't care. Uh, you know what they say, God only made a few perfect heads, and the rest of them he left hair on, and uh, so I'm... I'm Entering into perfection. But at uh, any rate, the, uh, Absalom had this beautiful head of hair, and he was a mighty man, and he was very attractive, and he was really, really into himself. Uh, he uh, began as he was working and serving uh, under his father in the nation of Israel. He, when he rode into town, he rode into town on chariots. And he had 50 people in an entourage before him and behind him. And he made himself look really, really important. And over the course of a length of time, he uh, won over the hearts of a number of people and finally turned... Uh, the nation of Israel almost as a whole turned the nation of Israel against David and runs King David off the throne. One of the most devastating moments in the life of David was the betrayal of his own son, Absalom. And Absalom rebels against God. Absalom rebels against his father. God, Absalom rebels against his God-given authority. Absalom rebels. And I'm just going to tell you something. The end of rebellion is very calculable. You can tell where it's going to end. The wages of sin is death. And you rebel against God's plan for your life and God's authorities in your life. You rebel against God himself and you can be certain that the end is going to be your demise. And in this story, it's a story, honestly, of great grief. Great grief. Absalom is going to die in this chapter. But it's not going to end with David Shouting for joy and for victory and kicking up dust and clicking his heels. It's going to end the way rebellion ends. For the rebellier, or the rebeller, I should say, uh, it ends in devastation and death. For the family of the man that rebels, it ends in great grief and bitterness. It's a sad story. It's a sad story and a reminder to us that we should not rebel against God. We should not rebel against God. Anytime the devil puts in your mind that God's plan for your life is some, in some form subpar of what you can dream up for yourself, you've been sold a foolhearted lie from the pits of hell. God has a plan for your life. And when we surrender our wills to God himself, when we live in submission to our creator, we unlock for ourselves his very best. A phrase and quote that I've said often and that helps me. God leaves his best to those who leave the choice up to him. Don't forget it. 
And I ought to have seen what Absalom, a man of great ability, could have accomplished in a life of submission to God and his God-given authorities. Absalom would have ended up being the next rightful king of the nation of Israel. And who's to say what could have happened? But we'll never know. And Absalom's end is bitter and sad because his rebellion leads to where all rebellion leads. Destruction. Let's not rebel against God. The fall of Absalom. The fall of Absalom. Let's read together 2 Samuel 18. 32 verses. Follow along as I read you this passage of Scripture to you. And what a great story. The Bible says in verse 1, And David numbered the people that were with him and set captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them. And David sent forth a third part of the people under the hand of Joab and a third part under the hand of Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, Joab's brother, and a third part under the hand of Atai, the Gittite. And the king said unto the people, I surely go forth with you myself also. But the people answered, Thou shalt not go forth. For if we flee away, they will not care for us. Neither if half of us die, will they care for us. But now thou art worth 10,000 of us. Therefore now it is better that thou succor us out of the city. And the king said unto them, What seemeth you best I will do? And the king stood by the gate side, and all the people came out by hundreds and by thousands. And the king commanded Joab and Abishai, and a Tai saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man, even with Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captains charge concerning Absalom. So the people went out into the field against Israel, and the battle was in the wood of Ephraim, where the people of Israel were slain before the servants of David. And there was there a great slaughter that day of 20,000 men. For the battle was there scattered over the face of all the country. And the wood devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. And Absalom met the servants of David, and Absalom rode upon a mule, and the mule went under the thick boughs of a great oak. And his head caught hold of the oak, and he was taken up between the heaven and the earth. And the mule that was under him went away. And a certain man saw it. And told Joab and said, Behold, I saw Absalom hanged in an oak. And Joab said unto the man that told him, And behold, thou sawest him, and why didst thou not smite him there to the ground? And I would have given thee ten shekels of silver and a girdle. And the man said unto Joab, Though I should receive a thousand shekels of silver in mine hand, yet would I not put forth mine hand against the king's son, for in our hearing, the king charged thee and Abishai and Atai, saying, Beware that none touch the young man, Absalom. Otherwise, I should have wrought falsehood against my own life. For there is no matter hid from the king, and thou thyself wouldst have set thyself against me. Then said Joab, I may not tarry thus with thee. And he took three darts in his hand and thrust them through the heart of Absalom while he was yet alive in the midst of the oak. And ten young men that bare Joab's armor compassed about and smote Absalom and slew him. And Joab blew the trumpet, and the people returned from pursuing after Israel, for Joab held back the people. And they took Absalom and cast him into a great pit in the wood. 
and laid a very great heap of stones upon him. And all Israel fled, every one to his tent. Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and reared up for himself a pillar which is in the king's dale. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. And he called the pillar after his own name. And it, was, and it is called in this day Absalom's place. Then said Ahamaz, the son of Zadok, let me now run and bear the king tidings how that the Lord hath avenged him of his enemies. And Joab said unto him, Thou shalt not bear tidings this day, but thou shalt bear tidings another day. But this day thou shalt bear no tidings, because the king's son is dead. Then said Joab to Cushai, Go tell the king what thou hast seen. And Cushai bowed himself unto Joab and ran. Then said Ahamaz, the son of Zadok, yet again to Joab, But how... Soever, let me, I pray thee, also run after Cushai. And Joab said, Wherefore wilt thou run, my son, seeing that thou hast no tidings ready? But howsoever, said he, let me run. And he said unto him, Run. Then Ahamaz ran by the way of the plain and overran Cushai. And David sat between the two gates, and the watchman went up to the roof over the gate under the wall and lifted up his eyes and looked And behold, a man running alone. And the watchman cried and told the king. And the king said, If he be alone, there is tidings in his mouth. And he came apace and drew near. And the watchman saw another man running. And the watchman called unto the porter and said, Behold, another man running alone. And the king said, He also bringeth tidings. And the watchman said, Methink the running of the foremost is like the running of Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok. And the king said, He's a good man. And cometh with good tidings. And Ahimaaz called and said unto the king, All is well. And he fell down to the earth upon his face before the king and said, Blessed be the Lord thy God, which hath delivered up the men that lifted up their hand against my lord the king. And the king said, Is the young man Absalom safe? And Ahimaaz answered, When Joab sent the king's servant and me thy servant, I saw a great tumult, but I knew not what it was. And the king said unto him, Turn aside and stand here. And he turned aside and stood still. And behold, Cushai came. And Cushai said, Tidings, my lord, the king, for the Lord hath avenged thee this day of all them that rose up against thee. And the king said unto Cushai, Is the young man Absalom safe? And Cushai answered, The enemies of my lord the king and all that rise against thee to do thee hurt be as that young man is. And the king was much moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, thus he said, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would God I had died for thee. O Absalom, my son, my son. The fall of Absalom The story of a rebellious son and its end. And I'll just tell you something, it's bitter for everybody involved. And rebellion produces great bitterness and something that we need to pay close attention to. If you're tempted to rebel against your parents, you're going to cause yourself and them great bitterness. If you're tempted to rebel against the authorities in your life, you're going to cause them and yourself great bitterness. And ultimately, if you choose rebel against God, you're going to find yourself in an awful shape. 
And we meet up here in this passage of Scripture, and the first thing I want you to see, number one, is the rebel's father. We meet up with David, and as we come to the very beginning of this chapter, we see David is making the plan to take and conquer uh, Absalom and his forces. Something you've got to keep in mind as David is making a plan to conquer Absalom and his forces, David is literally uh, seeking his army on his own people, his own army, his own family, his own nation. There's a large group of people who followed Absalom and rebelled against David. And because of Absalom's rebellion, David now is forced to fight his very own people who have foolishly followed the rebel king, Absalom himself. It's a reminder to us when we rebel against God, we don't do that alone. When you rebel against God, often you lead people along. It breaks my heart to watch mothers and fathers rebel against God. You know why? Because their children are rebelling against God too, or they are the side effect, the consequences of their parents' rebellion. Listen, if you're tempted to run away from God, the faithfulness of God, the Word of God, obedience to to God and Jesus Christ as your Savior, as a mother or a father, you think twice because it's going to cost the people around you dearly. And Absalom, when he rebelled against David, I'm not sure that he thought that if this thing goes south, I'm going to cost the lives of thousands and thousands of my family and my nation and my people. But he did. Most of the time, the rebeller doesn't think through what's going to happen. And when we look at this passage of Scripture, we're watching David, and David is putting together his army. In the second verse, we see Joab and Abishai and Atai, these three leaders taking great groups of people out to go and conquer Absalom. It's become quite evident that Absalom will fall. His chief uh, general has taken his own life in the last chapter. And Absalom is in a weak moment and God is showing favor. And God has said that he is going to give victory to David, the rightful king of Israel and David's men. They gather together a great group of people. The Bible says in verse number 3, we watch David. I can just imagine David, when I, I see him talk about this, he says, I'm going to go with you. Now, David had learned from times past. Why was it, when, I should say, when was it that David committed his great atrocity with Bathsheba? All of his men were fighting, and he stayed at the house. He'd learned his lesson, and he says something. He says, I will surely, the end of verse 2, I will surely go forth with you myself. You can watch the grief beginning to boil up in David's heart. He's like, I'm not going and doing that again. I'm not going to make that mistake again. He said, it's because of my sin with Bathsheba that led to my foolish uh, response and murder of Uriah the Hittite and the curse that God put on us that said there's going to be blood in your family. He says, look, he said, I'm not going to make that mistake again. And he's kind of, you can see him kind of teetering in the valley of decision and having a hard time. The Bible says in the third verse, the people answered, thou shalt not go forth. He said, this time, David, it's not the right thing for you to do. You stay here. Don't come forth. He says, he says if, you, if we flee away, they will not care for us. He says, we can, we can run and hide. And 
You're a valuable asset. Neither if half of us die will they care for us. But now thou art worth 10,000 of us. Therefore now it is better that thou succor us out of the city. He said it's better that you support us out of the city. And so his men are helping him make decisions. We watch, I'm watching this uh, a bit of grief rolling around in David's mind. And he's wondering and he's got this, uh, this burden on his heart. The burden's going to show up here in a second. You see when people that you love rebel against God, it really kind of messes with your mind, doesn't it? Old David burdened about his son. He knows what's going to happen. The Bible says in verse 4, the king said unto them, what seemeth you best I will do? He says, I'll just do what you want me to do. The king stood by the gate and all the people came out by hundreds and by thousands. Can you imagine the heart of David as hundreds and thousands of soldiers are marching out of the city Going with one purpose in mind, defeat his son. Defeat that boy. Kill Absalom. Take the kingdom back was in their heart. And so David speaks up in the fifth verse. The king commanded Joab and Abishai and Atai saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man, even with Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captains charge concerning Absalom. David, at this moment, as rotten as Absalom had been, he said, deal kindly, deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. We watched the rebel's father. He's dealing with something grievous and awful, something terrible to be born, something that was completely and absolutely preventable by his own actions. And staying away from sin and staying in the will of God. And from the actions of his son, the rebel, turning against God. We watched David's heart break and his plea to his men, deal gently with my son Absalom. Number two, the rebel's end. The rebel's end. This is the record of the defeat of Absalom and all of his men. I want you to look at this with me. It's fascinating to me. Verse number six. So the people went out into the field against Israel, and the battle was in the wood of Ephraim. Now, I don't know exactly what the wood of Ephraim looks like, but it was a large place because there were thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of soldiers and people fighting in this great wood, the wood of Ephraim. It's the woods. How many of you have ever been out in the woods? This is where we are. And the Bible says in verse number 7, where the people of Israel were slain before the servants of David. That's a sad verse. The people of Israel and the servants of David, uh, they were similar. <laughs> David was defeating his own people. The people of Israel were slain before the servants of David, and there was there a great slaughter that day of 20,000 men. Can you imagine that? In the woods of Ephraim, a great slaughter of 20,000 men. Now, this is a fascinating verse. Look at verse number 8. For the battle was there scattered over the face of all the country. All that country. There was a battle and fighting going on. And look what the Bible says next. And the wood devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. I love that phrase. You give that a little thought for a minute. The wood devoured that day more people than the sword devoured. At least 10,001 of the casualties of this great battle was the byproduct of the wood devouring the people. Now, we don't know how the wood devoured the people, but through the history of the Bible, there are times when God 
supernaturally intervenes on behalf of his people. There's a story in the Bible where God sends great stones from heaven to conquer the enemies of God. And the list goes on and on of the plagues and different things that God had done. But in this story, the wood devoured the people. I don't know about you, but in my imagination, I imagine the trees coming to life. I don't remember what cartoon it was when I was a kid uh, or what movie it was. It was one of these animated movies. And one of the characters going through the wood and all of a sudden the woods come alive. And you see the trees, you, you, those jagged mouths, and they've got these long, woody arms, and they scare whatever the character is half to death. And I don't know if it looked anything like that or not, but I want to think that it did. Uh, the wood devoured the people. I don't know how it happened, but the Bible says the wood devoured the people. And on that day, great victory was won in God's will for God's king against the rebel that rebelled against God. The wood. The Bible continues in verse number 9. And just so we have just a little extra look at what the wood can do. The Bible says in verse 9. And Absalom met the servants of David. And Absalom rode upon a mule. And the mule went under the thick bows or boughs of a great oak. And his head caught hold of the oak. And he was taken up between heaven and the earth. And the mule that was under him went away. We can't help but think about Absalom's luscious locks getting hung up in an oak tree. And it doesn't say he was hung by his hair. It says he was hung by his head, which could very well mean his hair. But I can't help but think that somehow God, and I know God did, somehow intervene and caused Absalom to get hung by the head in an oak tree, and the wood is still at work. There's Absalom hanging. His mule comes out from underneath him. And the Bible says in verse 10 that a certain man saw it, told Joab, said, Behold, I saw Absalom hanged in an oak. And Joab said unto the man that told him, And behold, thou sawest him, and why didst thou not smite him there to the ground? And I would have given thee ten shekels of silver and a girdle. Now we meet up with a certain man. This certain man, he had heard what David said. And I think that this is an honorable man. Now I can't say, uh, and I don't know if Joab did a rotten, dirty thing or not. Probably so. But Absalom was soon to leave this world. And God had chosen that Absalom would suffer the penalty of death because of his great rebellion. Joab said, why in the world didn't you kill him? He said, I'd have given you some shekels of silver. I'd have given you ten shekels of silver and a girdle if you'd killed him. And the man, he says, I wouldn't lift my hand for a thousand shekels of silver against God's... Uh, anointed son against David's son. I heard what he said, and I'm not going to have anything to do with it. The Bible says in verse 14, Then said Joab to that man, I may not tarry thus with thee. He says, I've had enough of you. He says, I'm leaving. And the Bible says he took three darts. That word dart, I, I immediately think about throwing darts like this, but most likely that dart was some form of a spear of some sort, some type of, of spear. And the Bible says that he took three darts in his hand and thrust them through the heart of Absalom while he was yet alive in the midst of the oak. 
And then ten young men that bare Joab's armor compassed about and smote Absalom and slew him. And Joab blew the trumpet, and the people returned from pursuing after Israel. For Joab held back the people, and Absalom is dead. Absalom is dead. The rebel, what happens to people who rebel against God? It costs them everything. It costs them everything. And Absalom's no different. Absalom is dead. And the Bible says in verse 17 that they took Absalom and cast him into a great pit in the wood and laid a very great heap of stones upon him. And all Israel fled, everyone to his tent. Everybody went home. What did they do with Absalom? There was a big pit there. And they threw him in a pit and piled stones on top of him. It was not a formal burial. It's not the burial of a man that once was the king of Israel. It was the burial of a traitor and a robber and a liar and a thief. And I'm just going to tell you right now, that's not the end that Absalom imagined. It's kind of interesting. We see the pit and the body of Absalom and that head full of hair and the stones being piled on him. And what a tragic end. But I want you to know something. That's not what Absalom thought his rebellion would produce. As a matter of fact, the Bible gives us some insight into what Absalom thought the rebellion would produce. Look at the Bible says, verse 18. Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and reared up for himself a pillar which is in the king's dale. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. And he called the pillar after his own name and it is called unto this day Absalom's place. You know what Absalom had done? Absalom had built for himself a great sepulcher. He'd built for him a pillar, a place where he could be remembered, a place where his life and his accomplishments could be remembered. It was a Gravesite. It was a place for him to be buried. He said, I don't have any sons, so I'm going to raise this up. And when I conquer and I accomplish all the great things I'm going to accomplish with my life, rebelling against my father, rebelling against his God, I'm going to have a place where I'll be remembered. And the Bible says, I want you to see Absalom. Absalom, his body, his corpse, laid in a pit in the wood of Ephraim with stones, common stones piled all over him. And that is the end of a, re- of a rebel. That's the end of rebelling against God. But Absalom didn't think that's how it would be because it wasn't long ago that Absalom had raised up a pillar for himself in celebration of what he suspected would be a great victory for him. Now listen, anytime. You turn your back on God, God's word, God's way. You may think, and the devil may deceive you into believing somehow that this is the best thing you can do for yourself. This is how you have a heritage. This is how you have a a future. This is how you make a name for yourself. You may make a name for yourself, but the utter and bitter end of rebelling against God is a heap of stones and not a great memorial to Absalom. You see from that day forward the Bible says about Absalom it's there, it's still called that place today he said at the time that the book of 2 Samuel it's still called, it's called that place to this day and every time somebody walks past Absalom's place <laughs> what a fool he thought that by building this that he was going to be a, some great success but We know for a fact that his body's buried back in the field of Ephraim under a pile of common stones. The end, his end was met at the most odd circumstances. His head hung in an oak tree and his heart thrust through by darts by Joab. 
There's his end. It's the rebel's end. Now, I don't want to get the wrong idea. It's not God's goal to put you into some kind of box and make you look like little missionaries or little preachers or whatever you want to imagine. But it is God's goal for your life to For you to humble yourself, to obey him, to trust him, to live a life, the life that he has so designed for you. And to follow his will and yearn for his will and trust him and believe him and obey him. Would to God Absalom hadn't rebelled. The rebels end. A pile of stones and a pit and the wood of Ephraim. Finally we see the the grieving of King David. The fascinating little story in verses 19 to 32. A little story here, it's kind of interesting. Ahimaaz, I don't know exactly about him, but this guy, he was really eager to go and sit, take a message to King David. Now, King David loved him. A little bit later, King David says, I, his, his servant says, I think the way that guy's running, that's Ahimaaz. And David said, oh, good, he'll bring good news. He's a good man. He comes with good tidings. And Ahimaaz is anxious and to go. And Joab says, no, you can't go. Joab, you're not going. He says, Joab says, you're not going. He says, I'm kidding, sending Cushai. I think the reason he wanted to send Cushai, Cushai wasn't as close to the family. And Cushai could give an objective report. So Ahimaaz begs Joab, send me, send me. He's already sent Cushai. Cushai goes running toward the city where David is. And Ahimaaz finally says, send me, send me. He says, I don't know why you're going. You've not even prepared a tiding. The end of verse 22, thou hast no tidings ready. You're not, you don't even know what to say. Joab says, Ahimaaz, if you go, you don't even know what to say. And it proves to be true. Ahimaaz comes into the presence of King David, verse 28. I want you to see this. It's kind of funny. Ahimaaz called and said, verse 28, Ahimaaz called and said unto the king, All is well. And he fell down to the earth upon his face before the king and said, Blessed be the Lord thy God, which hath delivered up the men that lifted up their hand against my lord the king. So he gives this report. All is well. He says, Shalom. He fell down to the earth before the king. He says, Blessed is the Lord. Thy God, which hath delivered up the men that lifted up their hand against my Lord the king. Verse 29. And the king said, Is the young man Absalom safe? Now, does Ahimaaz know what happened to Absalom? The answer is yes. He does. What does Ahimaaz say? Ahimaaz answered, verse 29. He says, King, when Joab sent the king's servant and me thy servant, I saw a great tumult, but I knew not what it was. What does he do? He chickens out. Joab said, you don't even have a greeting prepared for the king. You won't know what to say when you get there. And when he gets there, he lies to David. He's like, all I know is there was a great tumult. And so I came running. (laughs) But the bad news comes in verse 30. The king said unto him, turn aside, stand here. He says, clearly you're not going to give me the answer that I want. And he turned aside and stood still, verse 31. And behold, Cushai came. Cushai said, Tidings, my lord, the king. For the Lord hath avenged thee this day of them that rose up against thee. There's been a victory. Verse 32, the king said to Cushai, Is the young man Absalom safe? And Cushai answered, The enemies of my lord, the king, 
and all that rise against thee to do thee hurt, be as that young man is. What's he say without saying he's dead? He says he's dead. And at that moment, we watch the heart of David break. I think verse 33 is so tragic and so sad. He cries out, oh, my son Absalom, my son Absalom. The cry of David is the cry of the people that we hurt when we rebel against God. The heartbreak, the devastation. As we watch David cry over the bitterness of his son, the bitter loss of his son, we consider the rebellion of Absalom. May it just be a reminder to us all today. Now, there's never a good reason to turn our backs against our good and faithful, loving God. God's way is right. God's word is truth. And by all means, stay the course. Trust him. Do not rebel against the love, the guidance, the peace, the grace of your great God and your Savior. You turn to the Lord. Trust in him. And prevent this bitter end that happened to the house, to the home, and to the heart. Of David, the fall of Absalom. Oh, my son Absalom. My son Absalom, would God I had died for thee. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Let's pray.